0: Welcome to Practical Christian Living. This is a choice that we need to make as well, knowing that we are not part of this world. We should refuse by faith to be called a part of this world. And rather to choose affliction with the people of God, knowing that the pleasure of sin is fleeting. This is something we need to
1: learn. Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God, with his people. Messages on suffering are not popular today, but they are necessary. Because following Christ in today's world means we are going to suffer. We're going to be persecuted. And it is through those trials that God does his most amazing work through us. Press forward. Our great reward is just around the corner. With more from Hebrews 11, 17 through 40, and persevering with faith, here's Robert Furrow. Verse
0: 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. It makes you wonder what would have happened had the child been ugly. Well, that's one ugly, baby. Just let this one go. We were going to let this baby be drowned in the river, but it's pretty. (laughs) I think there's more there. I think that the beauty is a beauty that God had shown them for this this child. God's purpose and God's plan. So then we get to Moses. That's Moses' parents. They hid him for three months. Hard thing to do. By faith. They're in slavery, by the way, right? And they're in, in such a horrible slavery that they're commanding the death of all the male babies. And in that horror they walk by faith and hide this child and he becomes the deliverer. And then by faith, Moses, when he had become of age, which to the Egyptians seems to be 40 years old, because that's how old he was when this happened. So we jumped 40 years in the life of Moses. When he had become of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing of, pleasures of sin okay he's been talking about the law he's been talking about the new covenant he's been talking about the old covenant those of you that have been with us through the studies in Hebrews you remember that he's been talking about the superiority of the sacrifice of Jesus the high priest of Jesus the superiority of the heavenly tabernacle over the earthly tabernacle and now we have Moses that is known as the what the law giver And now the writer of Hebrews says, Moses didn't live by the law. He wasn't justified by the law. Moses was justified by faith. The just shall live by faith. And Moses, when he was 40 years old, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I don't know if I've ever seen that depicted in a show. Maybe it has been. But to finally stop and say, I will not be called your son anymore. We know a lot about Moses during this time. We know that he was trained in all the schools and ways of the Egyptians. We know that he was a warrior. He takes on a bunch of shepherds in Midian to kind of win over his wife, by the way. But uh, of course, maybe the shepherds weren't trained in war, but he was, but he refused. He came to a point and probably, and I don't know that I've seen this depicted either. M- again, maybe it has been, I'm just not aware of it but probably because his mom, remember she gave that child up. She put it in the river. Maybe downstream from Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter's out taking a bath and this little, you know, boat flows by. It's got a baby in it and she opens it up and it says, she's beautiful. So she takes the child and she calls Miriam that's close by. Miriam is his older sister and says, go find me a handmaiden to take care of this baby for me. A Jewish handmaiden. So she goes and gets Jochebed, Moses' mother, brings her back and she gets her baby back. By faith, she gave up her baby, but she received it back. And while Moses was small, I don't know how long it took, four, five years old, six maybe, she was telling him that he was Jewish. You're Hebrew. I'm sure that his mom told him. So at 40 years old, and you think how long it took, what did he do during these times? History tells us that he went out on campaigns, that he went out on military campaigns. It took him 40 years to finally go, I will no longer be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I refuse. Choosing rather, and notice the word choosing there. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. And this is a choice that we need to make as well, knowing that we are not part of this world. We should refuse by faith to be called a part of this world and rather to choose affliction with the people of God, knowing that the pleasure of sin is fleeting. This is something we need to learn. It's something we maybe we know, but we need to let it sink in that we've got to grasp, that God's got to do a work in us today, that sin is only for a time. It's fleeting. Eternity is, you ready for this one? So profound? Forever. (laughs) But this world is just here. And those few minutes of pleasure in sin are just a few minutes of pleasure in sin, and then it's gone. It's fleeting. And Moses learned that. And he said, I'm going to choose affliction with the people of God. Then he says in verse 25, esteeming the reproach of Christ, notice that he's saved by Christ, esteeming the approach of the Messiah, greater riches and treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward. And so we would go, I'm go- by walking by faith and by making choices of faith, I'm going to find myself... Receiving rewards from God. I'm going to give things up here in this world, but I'm going to find rewards in heaven. I'm going to give up certain sinful pleasures here and now, but I'm going to find rewards in heaven. And that's what Moses did. It goes on to say, By faith he forsook Egypt. See, faith is action here. He's making choices. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborns should touch them. And so by faith, he kept the word of God. God told him what to do, and by faith, he kept it. And so the Bible tells us, and we learned this earlier in the book of Hebrews, that we have to take the word of God, mix it with obedience and faith, and then we receive the promises of God. And that's what Moses did. Then telling us the children of Israel, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as through dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. So they come to the Red Sea. Moses is praying. God says to Moses, stop praying and lift up your staff. He lifts up his staff. The Red Sea parts. And God says to the children of Israel, go. They've got the army behind them, mountains on each side, and the army of the Egyptians behind them. And they feel trapped. And by faith, they had to go through. You might think that would be an easy thing to do until you're standing there looking at two walls of water in the Red Sea and the ground in front of you. And I imagine, this is just my imagination, somebody saying, you go, Moses. You first, buddy. And someone from behind him yelling out, I'll go, and running into it. That first guy had... Quite a bit of faith. When somebody saw somebody else go, they're like, okay, I'll go. And pretty soon they all went. Some of them may have had great confidence that God was going to hold up those walls of water until they were through. Some of them may may have had very little confidence. But as long as they went in, they by faith were saved. And so it really doesn't have a lot to do with your confidence. It has to do with whether or not you do it. And that's why Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, if you do it, you may really struggle with doing it. But you're like, fine, I'll do it. And you do it and you receive it by faith. I've used the example before of a guy coming from South America, some unreached village. And he's never been in New York before. He goes on an elevator and somebody communicates to him to press a button. It's going to take him to whatever floor he needs to go to. And he's like, I don't think this is going to work. I'm going to go in this box, press a button. The door's going to close. It's going to take me to the floor I need to go. But he does it. Another guy walks in that's from New York, doesn't even think about it, just presses the floor he wants to go to. One had great confidence, one had none. Which one got to the floor that he needed to go to? They both did. And so people will say to me sometimes, I wish I had the faith you had. How, what do you, really? I mean, respectfully, what do you know about my faith? How do you know that I don't struggle to do what's right? Struggle and then do it, barely. Barely. By like a mustard seed of faith. That's, that's all you need. You say, I don't have much faith. Oh, you have enough. There's nobody here that doesn't have enough. Now there's a gift of faith where God gives you great confidence. And I love that. Okay. So by faith, they passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians looked at it. Now they weren't told to go through there. The children of Israel were. They're the enemy and they see it and they go, we're going to go. So they had presumption. And they went in and were drowned. The last thing that we want is presumption. We don't want to presume what God's going to do. We want to know what his word says and we want to be obedient to his word. That's faith. To presume something is, uh, is well, it could be destruction. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We read God's word. We listen to his promise. And then through faith and patience, we receive the promises of God. The third aspect of an effective faith is that faith is an overcoming faith. That you believe God in the midst of difficulty and you put your trust in him and you will be brought out the other side. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled seven days. God had told them to do it. They did it. The walls fell down. By faith, this is an interesting one. By faith, the harlot Rahab. Sometimes people read the word for harlot in the Old Testament and they go, well, this doesn't really mean harlot. It means innkeeper. The word in the Greek here is the word for prostitute. They could try to ju- justify it through the Old Testament. But once you get into the New Testament, it's a clear word. This woman was a prostitute. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So she made a decision that she would believe and they didn't believe. And so she trusted in the God of the Hebrews. And when you go back and read the account, she says that. I believe that Yahweh is the God of the heavens and under the earth, above the earth and under the earth, she says. So she chooses, she believes, and she's saved. By the way, she's also in the lineage of Jesus. When you go to Matthew chapter one and you begin to read so-and-so gave birth to so-and-so gave birth to so-and-so that comes to Jesus, Rahab and Ruth are both mentioned in it. Two Gentiles. One, a Canaanite woman, by the way. It goes on to say then, verse 32, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of Samuel. And time would fail me if I tried to go over all of them as well. Gideon was the guy who asked God, give me a fleece. I'll I'll go if you show me. Make the ground dry and the fleece wet. So God does it. So then he goes, okay, make the ground wet and the fleece dry. And so God does it. Some great faith. Abraham stuttered and didn't do all that God told him to do. Abraham didn't trust God when there was a famine in the land and went down to Egypt and lied about Sarah being his wife and God had to protect Sarah. Moses took matters into his own hands and killed an Egyptian wanting to deliver them. But God doesn't mention any of these negatives. God only mentions that they were men of faith. You say, well, I'm not like Abraham. Yes, you are. I'm not like Moses. Yes, you are. I'm not like Gideon. Yes, you are. But God honors our faith, not our failures. We can have failures as long as we have faith because God honors the faith. And and we could say that with all these guys, right? Gideon, Barak, he's the guy that wouldn't go into battle unless a woman would go with him. He said, I'll only go, Deborah, if you go. Otherwise, I'm not going. Big, brave soldier, Barak. (laughs) Samson. We don't even need to talk about Samson, okay? But he's in the hall of faith, by the way. Samson had all these problems, all these failures, but he had faith. Jephthah, problems. David, problems. Samuel, not so much, but he had faith. And the prophets, now he just throws in the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Daniel, quenched the violence of fire, the three Hebrews in the fiery furnace. You know what they said before they were thrown in to Nebuchadnezzar? Our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. What a statement. Our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to your idol. That should be our prayer a lot of times. Lord, deliver me, but even if you don't, I will serve you. I'll follow after you. I won't bow down. It goes on. Quenched with the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Man, I could spend a lot of time in this, that particular passage. Out of weakness were made strong. Do you know that I was at 15 years old, 14, 15 years old, almost completely illiterate. I had a learning disability. It wasn't dyslexia. I know my mom sometimes tells people he had dyslexia. It wasn't. Sometimes it sounds like it when I preach, I understand, but it wasn't. <laughs> but I did have some kind of a learning disability and I struggled learning how to read. And because you struggle learning how to read, you struggle in everything else at school. And so I started, got saved. I started listening to tapes. I started listening to J. Vernon McGee, Chuck Smith in, in cassette tapes from Hosanna Tape Library, if you guys remember that. So I put them in, I would read and I would get my Bible out and I would follow along with them while they read. And I literally learned how to read while I was studying the Bible. And it's just like God to take a kid who can't read, who barely can read at 18, much better at 25 when we started the church, but it's just like God to take a guy who couldn't read and go, in your weakness, I'm going to have you reading the Bible every week to people. In your weakness, I'll make you strong. Amen? Amen. Charles Swindoll stuttered as a kid. Isn't that amazing? I listened to the sermons of Charles Swindoll, and here's what I think. I wish I could preach like that. I want to preach like that. In your weakness, I will make you strong. God took the very weaknesses and made them strong out of them where we could go on. Became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised again to life. All of this was done by faith. God does great things overcoming faith. When we believe him, when we have trust in him, when we listen to what his word says, and we say, I'm going to put my life in his hands, and God gives us overcoming faith. There's a fourth aspect that makes faith effective. And that is that sometimes we don't see the result of the faith here. We have to have faith for the future. It says others, verse 35, were tortured by by faith. Others by faith were tortured, not accepting deliverance because they didn't deny the Lord that they might obtain a better resurrection. Some died giving up their lives and that's by faith. They're giving up their lives for Christ because they know that they're going to receive a better resurrection. That's faith. Even though they didn't overcome here. The list of people before overcame, but others do not. James and John were brothers, both disciples, both in the inner circle. James was the first disciple to die by the edge of the sword from Herod only a few years after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And John, the youngest, was the last disciple to die. Which one of them had faith? Both. James had faith to die for Christ, and John had faith to live for Christ. And you say, well, I want faith to live for Christ. Well, me too. (laughs) But some are going to have faith to die for Christ. He goes on here. Others tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings. Yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Isaiah was sawn in two lengthwise. Just thought I'd throw that in there to gross you out. Sawn in two were tempted, were slain by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. See, there are those preachers who will say that the reason that these things happen to these people is because they didn't have enough faith or they had sin in their lives. But this goes out of the way to tell us That these people suffered and had difficulties because the world wasn't worthy of them. They had all the faith they needed, but God's plan was for them to go through the difficulty by dying. The world wasn't worthy of them. And those of you who teach such things, shame on you. I'm going to Gomer pile you. Shame on you. What an awful thing to say to people. You'd be healed if you had enough faith. You're not healed because you have sin in your life. These, this is the false teachings of the faith movement. And I know I got a buddy right out, now, right out there now who's rolling his eyes. He says, that's my pet thing I always go to. But you know what? Sometimes you need to go there because these people are crushing people's faith. We had a guy at our church who was at a faith church and he came down with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And they told him it was because of sin in his life. He ended up in our church I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to say the world wasn't worthy of Him. My wife went to be with the Lord almost 10 years ago now. It's crazy to think that's that long ago. In, In December of 22. So I guess a little over a year, something away. She went to be with the Lord. The world wasn't worthy of her. It says they wandered in the deserts, in the mountains, in the dens, in the caves of the earth. And all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, all of these having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promises. They didn't receive the overcoming faith by the promises, but they died instead. They suffered instead, not receiving the promises. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. In other words, if you're not going to suffer like that, God didn't make them perfect apart from us so that we would know That whether we have overcoming faith or we have faith to say, even if you take my life, I'll serve you. If I have faith today and that causes my death tomorrow, I'll serve him. I'll follow him. If he delivers me, great. If he doesn't, then great. And if we do these four things, if we walk in the test that faith give us, if we make decisions because of faith that are godly decisions, if we have overcoming faith in the midst of difficulties and hardships, And if when time comes for us to sacrifice for the faith and trust in Christ, then we'll do it. We'll have effective faith and we will all receive the promises of God and there will be nothing that will be left. I will receive it all if we walk by faith. If you have just intellectual faith, if you just believe that God exists, but you don't make those decisions, you don't follow through, you don't handle the test in a proper way, then the genuineness of your faith won't be revealed and you will not receive them because even the demons believe and tremble. What a great chapter and what great lessons. And may all of us be committed to walking in faith, facing the trials, making good choices, making choices by faith, overcoming and facing the hardships by faith. Stand with me, would you, and let's pray together. Father, we wanna thank you so much now that you have this chapter which encourages us in such great ways. And Lord, we'll say to you that whether we are James or whether we are John, we will live or we will die for you. You will deliver us, but even if you don't, we won't bow down to their idols. Father, we're sorry that we live for this world. We're sorry that we don't make good choices of faith. We're sorry that we don't, like Moses, reject the things of this world, that we might push away the pleasures of sin for a season, that we might receive that which last for all of eternity. We pray that you would help us to be men and women of faith. We thank you for this in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living with Robert Furrow. We hope that our verse-by-verse studies truly help you to see that God is real. He wants a personal relationship with you, And his word is life-changing. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. For our local listeners, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus south of Palo Verde and I-10 meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. PCLAZ.org. That's PCLAZ.org, where you can make a secure one time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a recurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life, or do you have questions about salvation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson or Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living TV Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. on KGUN9. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living. Do you love Jesus? Do you want to dig deeper in your walk with God? Then you are a great fit for Reach College with enrollment opportunities. To attend as a student or an auditor, the courses challenge you to analyze your way of thinking as you grow in your walk with Jesus. Find out more at thereachcollege.org. That is thereachcollege.org.